morning. <laughs> I met some new people this morning, and if I didn't have the opportunity to meet you earlier, my name is Vicki. Hello. <laughs> There's secret pockets in here. <laughs> so I'm really, really happy to be here this morning. And um feeling a lot of, of gratitude and, and working on my practice of gratitude. Thank you. Zinchen. Occupying that place of gratitude, a position of gratitude. And thank you all for being here at the center in person and uh, being here in Zoom. Um, Really nice. Bow gratitude to my teacher, Galen Roshi, for your encouragement to sit, to keep sitting and examining this body and mind for the benefit of all beings. Thank you. Zen centers around the world, around the United States are gathered together in Rohatsu Sashin. Many of them probably started last week or continuing this weekend and uh, will continue into the middle of this coming week, possibly ending on December the 8th. Rohatsu literally means the eighth day of the 12th month, the last month of the year. And this day, this Bodhi day, is a day of celebrating, remembering this person's effort, this person's Siddhartha Gautama's um, resolve to sit down and work things out and um, understand his condition, understand the condition of pain and suffering. And later this morning, we will celebrate Buddha's enlightenment together. So I hope you'll be able to stay for the ceremony later this morning. So our Zen practice of just sitting, our Zazen, begins with this wise, compassionate being sitting down with this resolve to, to wake up. And one of the stories says that, well, Siddhartha Gautama was a, was, um, a, 
wonderful student and did a lot of training, spent many years training with different teachers and, and had followers and practiced several years of asceticism and, and denying his body nourishment, trying, searching and seeking and decided, oh, I'm just going to sit down. I'm going to work this out. And it said when he found this spot, he said, this is the immovable spot on which all the Buddhas have planted themselves. This is the place of destroying passions net. I read that again. This is the immovable spot on which all the Buddhas have planted themselves. This is the place for destroying passions net. And here we are all together right now in this immovable spot, planting, planting ourselves here together, not alone, planting ourselves here together. And he sat with this willingness to allow his whole being, not just a mind of um, finding an explanation, but his whole being to be completely present with whatever was arising and, and meeting, meeting it moment by moment. So sitting with his back to the Bodhi tree facing east. Well, all of you are facing east. <laughs> Most of you are. <laughs> Tim, we have a person who would like to come in. Thank you. <laughs> and on the eighth day of his sitting, under the Bodhi tree, Siddhartha Gautama saw the morning star and realized his true nature and the true nature of all beings. And he said, I and all sentient beings together attain enlightenment. I and all sentient beings together attain enlightenment. Not just all the sentient beings he knew at the time or knew in the past, And in, in looking at and uh, studying what is enlightenment, oh, it's been challenging uh, for me. I confess that. <laughs> and uh, letting that go and, and um, trying to find words and, and knowledge around it that doesn't quite, doesn't quite get there. And in his sitting, he, he cut through this darkness of grasping, of views, grasping at delusions, grasping at uh, certainty of his views. And awaken to the complete and total interconnectedness of the whole universe, of the whole earth. Awakening to togetherness.
So we also gathered together yesterday in person and in Zoom for a day of sitting Rohatsu Sashin and just sitting and placing our whole being into silence and stillness. And sitting with that same resolve and willingness to meet our whole being, to meet our, to meet my unskillfulness, to meet my unreliability, to meet joy, um, to meet greed, hate, and delusion, to meet love. And in the stories of Shakyamuni's enlightenment and, and sitting under the Bodhi, Bodhi tree, he meets this embodiment of these unskillful states of greed and hate and delusion. Enters Mara, stage left. <laughs> and Mara was this figure and embodiment, um, a trickster, as one story described him. Was always showing up and, and poking the Buddha, tormenting and badgering and luring. Give up, give up. Give up this resolve. Go back to your unaware ways. And part of the, the story that I'll share, that I'll read from in um, Mara is portrayed as this embodiment of the five hindrances, these five habits of mind that interrupt, that interfere with our meditation practice and our effort to remain present and our effort to not be present with whatever is arising moment to moment. And so it says, during the night of practice, Mara the embodiment of temptation and the hindrances sent his three beautiful daughters to seduce Siddhartha, but he was unmoved. Having failed with his daughters, Mara brought the might of his armies and he rained an enormous shower of water. Didn't work. Rocks. Nope. Weapons. Live coals, hot ashes, sand, mud, darkness. But as they came towards the Buddha, they were transformed to flowers and fell all around him like offerings. So during Shakyamuni's sitting, the sand and the mud and the rocks of his, of his mind um, confronting him and attacking him. Yet his resolve, and as they came towards him, turned into flowers. And the Buddha continued to hold his ground. And it said, keeping his thoughts on the 10 perfections, the 10 perfections of generosity and ethics, patience, energy, meditation, and wisdom, skillful means, determination, loving kindness, and equanimity. So he held his ground and contemplated these things to wield off Mara. 
But Mara was feeling a little confident. No, I think he's on his last, this is his last stand. I, I don't think he can, he can handle this next assault. So he tries his final strategy and these mighty armies were still at his back. And Mara faces Siddhartha and issues his final challenge. Who are you? Who are you to claim the right to Buddhahood, to perfect awakening? Arise from this seat. It doesn't belong to you, but to me. Who are you? Who do you think you are? Mara says to the Buddha. Who are you to claim the right to Buddhahood, to perfect awakening? And then Siddhartha reaches down over his knee with his right hand and he touches the earth. So those of you who are sitting on a cushion, you can reach down with your right hand. We're already touching the earth. We can't escape it. (laughs) If you're sitting in a chair, feel with your feet on the floor. You're touching the earth. You can't escape her. She's witnessing you, your clothing, whatever it's made out of. Is the earth holding and wrapping around you? The mask that you're wearing, there's the earth is in there. So reaches over his knee and touch the earth. Calling upon the earth, he states loud enough for all assembled to hear. Mother earth, you have watched me over countless lifetimes develop the qualities which have brought me to this point. Am I not worthy of my intention? And this drew me into some of Dogen's words from the Fukan Zazengi. Cease from practice based on intellectual understanding, pursuing words and following after speech. And learn the backward step that turns your light inwardly to illuminate yourself. Body and mind of themselves will drop away and your original face will be manifest. And at that invocation, the earth thundered and shook in agreement. Yes, you are worthy. And the ground ripped apart and it dispersed all of the armies of Mara. And again, reminded from Dogen, oh, the traps and snares can never reach it. Mara could not reach it. Mara could not trap or ensnare.
And the story continues that once the scene had settled down that evening, Shakyamuni realized perfect awakening. Was he like a dragon gaining the water, like a tiger taking to the mountains? As Dogen says in Bukhansa Zingi, for you must know that just there in Zazen, just there with his back to the tree facing east, just there in Zazen, the right Dharma is manifesting itself. And that from the first dullness, and, for, and that from the first, dullness and distraction are struck aside. And at dawn, Siddhartha Gautama saw the morning star and realized his true nature and the true nature of all beings. I and all sentient beings together attain enlightenment. I and all sentient beings together attain enlightenment. I envision this surrendering, this surrendering, the Buddha surrendering to the earth in that moment. And his whole being awakening together with the earth and all beings. <clears throat> Robert Thurman, who's a Tibetan scholar, Um, at Columbia University made this statement about enlightenment. It's not like entering a new state. It's uncovering or surrendering to the reality that has always been there. He realized he'd always been enlightened and that enlightenment was always the case. Your reality itself is enlightenment. It's your ignorance that makes you think you're this self-centered separate being trying to fight off an overwhelming universe and failing. You are that universe. And so wherever we are, we cannot escape that relationship that dynamic relationship of being connected with the earth and the earth including everything. In going over this story and letting it kind of sink in 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 different ways, I hope for you and, and maybe at another time, it in a way arouses your confidence 
and reminds us all that we're already right now seated in this place of enlightenment. That what is in us and all around us, the whole earth, the whole earth is buzzing and coursing through our whole being. I know that in my own practice, my mind can be, most of the time is quite flimsy. Um, but examining and paying attention, what does it gravitate towards? What, about, what, do I, what am I trying to give credibility to? What certainties am I trying to establish and hold on to them? And then hopefully with compassion, realize that those certainties and fixed views and ideas and habits and tendencies that I think are have always been so and will always be so, they're really not so reliable. I can lay them down and let them rest, lay them down and let go of that, some of that in, involvement with this self and its attachments. who I think I am is unreliable. Am I not just all of these causes and conditions arising breath after breath? Isn't this person that I designate as Vicky, this person that I designate as a person who can be stingy, this person I designate as a music teacher, this person I designate as a Zen priest, this person that I designate as a daughter, a dog walker. <laughs> Isn't it just this endless flow of causes and conditions? The amazing causes and conditions that allow this body to take the dogs on a walk, um, all of the causes and conditions that endlessly flow moment after moment. 
and my flimsy mind will mess it up. <laughs> it will grasp, grasp for some certainty. And it doesn't seem to matter if it's, if it's grasping at joy or grasping at pain. And I think my flimsy mind will continue to mess it up and I will continue to sit, continue to ask for help from all of you, from the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha. In her teachings from her book, Seeds for a Boundless Life, the late Zenki Blanche Hartman Roshi wrote about awakening. And this is titled, One Who is Awake. Now, this Buddha nature that we talk about is not something mysterious or arcane. Buddha just means awake, one who is awake. So we find out how to align ourselves, how to be awake and to align ourselves with our true intention, with our true being, with the wisdom and compassion that is already inerrant in each being, including you. You are not the one single exception to the fact that all beings are Buddhas. You are not that exceptional. <laughs> You are not that exceptional. You are not the one single exception to the fact that all beings are Buddhas. You are not that exceptional. Dogen says, you cannot hinder enlightenment. We read this morning in the Ginja Koan, you cannot hinder enlightenment. Just as a drop of water does not hinder the moon in the sky. This tiny drop of a self temporary and unreliable and yet vast and boundless. And when we see the moon or we see the morning star reflecting on the earth and it's, and it's on every drop of life is the reflection. You are, not the, you are not the exception to this activity. And I hope that today you see, feel, taste, touch the thundering of the earth. Put your hand on a tree. Put your bare feet in the grass. Connect with the earth. 
connect with each other, connect with the Sangha, enact that connection. And reminding ourselves today that we are not the exception to this activity. We are not the exception. 